You are about to witness history in the making. Afternoon, good evening, and welcome to another pop culture gamer show. Now I'm sure I sound like someone else when I do that. I try to do it, but anyway, Hayden, how are you doing? I'm doing fine, thanks, Steve. Mark, how are you? Yeah, he's not here today, is he? No. Nope. Mark, <laughs> so Mark you there? Yeah, Earth where to are Mark. you? A bit late. No, Ground so Mark... control to Major Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Mark's busy today, so well, busy this weekend due to work. So just the two of us this week. Um, we just roll swiftly on anyway because it's Bank Holiday Monday and we get out in the garden and just update my bald head that's sort of like a traffic light, which I'll mention later. Anyway, um, Aiden, how are you doing, Matt? Are you all right? Yeah, not too bad. I had a bit of a busy week. Um, other than that, okay. <clears throat> yeah, so you, it's nice to have a three days off, but it's going to play havoc on your sleep pattern. It does for me anyway. I don't know about you. Um, no, because I have a very You're an insomniac anyway. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So, but I, I have to admit, I am really glad to uh, for it to be the bank holiday. But I'm only working one day next week uh, because um, I was going to take the week off, and then I changed my mind. Uh, I thought I'll just take a couple of days mm. um, because I thought, well, my line manager was off, but it ended up he was only off for a couple of days. Right. Uh, so I extended my annual leave a bit, but I'd agreed in the interim to cover what we call our CDOP process, which is child death overview. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, you know, if a child dies and it's, you know, there's concerns, you would have a rapid response to it. So, uh, you know, I've got to cover that for one day next week, but that's mm. not an issue. But uh, yeah, work's, uh, work's been quite busy uh, for me because. I finished off uh, something I've been working on for months, which is uh, in relation to self-harm and suicidal ideation mm-hmm. and about how to uh, get support for children and young people who may be considering themselves, you know, be considering or engaging in self-harm or considering taking their own life and uh, sort of like guidance for professionals, but also for parents and carers and children themselves as well where they could go and get you know sources of help so i'm quite pleased that mm. that's over and done with that's a big piece of work we had a like big training session online webinar uh, about it on friday um and then this weekend has been erin Dawes's uh sort of uh, birthday so that's why we haven't recorded on sunday because uh, i couldn't make it uh, so on Sunday we went to Redcar to the beach, took some uh, nice photos, and for a change tried a bit of practicing of what I'm preaching when I'm teaching people digital photography. Right. Um, and it was really, it was quite interesting because it was a sunny day, but there was fog over the beach. So anybody wants to have a look, the, I've posted a couple of pictures on um my Twitter feed uh, on there, but uh, I was just trying to, you know, capture how 
how that kind of looked because you would... Trying to be a other... David Bailey. Come on, let's, let's put it out there. Not that people would know who we're talking about. No, not, probably not that many people would, but uh, no, just um, just trying to get some nice photos, really. That's, mm. uh, that's all it is. But, um, you know, I like... I've always... I've always been a big fan of um, anything to do with the sea and in paintings and pictures, you know. So mm. um, when I I did a level art, which I didn't do very well, I have to admit, but um, I did my thesis on um, seascapes. Mm. So it was um, it was particular reference to Turner. So looking at pictures like Turner's Fighting Temeraire, mm. uh, which is a my favourite pic- picture of painted of all time um you know it's beautiful painted mm-hmm. uh, showing the sun setting of this the uh the sail age going into the steam sort yeah. of age i mean i i do like i, I do um put it, people that can take good photography obviously i know it's all about the camera you're using whether it, <laughs> it's on a phone or not obviously you know cameras are so uh, in depth now that and cameras are they're getting better and better so we can always have a go at trying our best to take some good shots with the quality but it's always good funny if you can get a nice shot and you're quite chuffed you know yeah just taking a photograph of a rose and do you know what i mean if you get it right it looks all right, it looks good you know well yeah i mean with photography the the key is well the, there are two factors you need to be able to do the first is the technical you know mm. about setting the camera up right and the second is the artistic. Mm. So, you know, in terms of that, that's about considering the type of shot that you are uh, using. You know, um, are you going to use like the uh, Fabinici spiral as aiding you in composition? Are you going to use a rule of thirds? Are you going to use, you know, the perfect ratio sort of thing, which is 1.618 to 1? Um, in terms of framing stuff in your yeah. uh, picture, that sort of stuff. So, and because obviously I, as you know, I teach that on an evening. Um, it's a bit of a hobby, really, mm. but um, a hobby that pays money and allows me to buy stuff. Um, but, and isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I like those sort of hobbies. They're my favourite. Um, but when you were, you know, when you're, or when I'm teaching, uh, mm. this i always start with about composition because you can be on fully automatic and get probably 80 percent of the effect that you want that you know the the main thing that you want to control when you're going into semi-automatic or full mm. manual control of your camera is that aspect of how much of a depth of field effect that you want so you know the, the blurriness in the in the background, you know, do you want everything well, to be crystal clear? Stuff, I suppose, and all this, isn't it? It's how you're going to put that image across, isn't it? Yeah, that's me talking as a, as a, well, I'm no David Bailey, but I just, you just try to get an image that you, you're happy with. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and depend upon what you're trying to do. So, for example, AV mode would is there for creating that depth of field from infinite depth of field to a very tight sort of range. And the way to think about it is, if you're not sure what I mean by depth of field, stick your arm out to full length and look at your nail. And then without changing your focus off your nail, concentrate on what how everything looks around your nail. And it's blurry. And right, that's, yeah. de- that's depth of field, uh, basically, in action. Because we naturally see depth of field. Everything that we look at is not in crystal 
clarity. No, of course it isn't. It, it's only about the small way, area. Whether you're going to take a shot where you're going to focus on what's behind it and not in front, so your thumb's going to be blurry compared to what's the other side of that thumb. And yeah, you know, and it's the same with, with movies as well. Photography in movies is just amazing how what they get to view on the screen. Yeah, whether it's you know whether it's like a desert in Lawrence of Arabia or a or a sea, which I always I don't really use that sea for me. I I love it, but even in Jaws when you're seeing some of them shots of the sea. Mm. you know with the sunlight and, and, and it, when it comes across you know really nice yeah so i mean you know when when you're taking photos i always because everybody always comes on my course and says i want to go into fully automatic and i go for god's sake why what are you doing here then <laughs> i say f- fully manual rather uh what to go into that so for god's sake why mm. you know it's like you can get the effects that you want by just doing semi-automatic and you're not having to worry about an awful lot mm. You know, because being able to balance, you know, you, you have what's known as an exposure triangle. So that is about, um, you know, how much light is basically coming into your camera. So it links in with the aperture, the shutter speed and the ISO of your camera. Yeah, yeah. And they all play together. So, you know, if you've got a high, a highly sensitive ISO rating of like uh, 3,200 or above, you're probably going to get quite a lot of what's known as noise or a little bits of pixelation in there. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you've got 100, you're going to get something that's quite clear. But obviously there you're balancing the amount of light that's coming in because your sensor's going to be very insensitive to light. Mm-hmm. So that means you need a longer exposure. So you might go from an exposure where you wanted to get one ten thousandth of a second and it might end up being half a second difference in the exposure, which mm. doesn't sound like a lot until, A, you're taking a picture of somebody and you're holding the camera still for half a second. Because believe it or not, that's a long time to hold a camera still. And the other uh, thing as well is if you're taking a picture of something in motion, you well, will definitely get motion blur over half a second. Yeah, and obviously depending on how you want that, that to look, then you're slowing the speed of the camera up or, or down. Yeah. To get the image, like if you're going to photograph a racing car or something, you know? Yeah. And you'll have heard people talk about f stops uh, on cameras. So, you know, your f stop relates to your aperture. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, you know, the higher the f stop, the more crystal clear your picture will be because it relates to, it measures sort of like the distance from the outside inwards. So, if you've got like a 2.4 on your uh, f stop, that's going to be a very open aperture. Whereas if you've got a much higher number, that's going to be closed up more. Mm. So it's going to be more pinpoint. The smaller the hole that the light goes through, the more clarity everything is. It's it's reverse logic, basically, because you would think that the bigger the number, the more everything would be in, in clarity, but it's not. Mm. Um, so it's, it's, you know, what I try to do is teach people about how to compose pictures using Fibonacci, using rule of thirds, all of that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, and then go into the technical about how the camera works, why these three things work together, and about what's known as reciprocity. So that is about how you change one setting, you've got to change one of the other two settings mm. that are the primary ones equally. Uh, so that it balances it out. Otherwise, you're either going to be over or underexposed, and you, you know talk about the exposure meter stuff like that. So it's quite complicated. And when you're taking pictures on phones, which to be fair, that's what I was doing yesterday, mm. um, because I I forgot my digital SLR. Otherwise, I would have <laughs> took it. 
Mm. I, I never really thought about taking pictures till I was on the beach. There was a couple of, like, there was a tractor on the beach and there was a surfboard from the uh, Lifeboat Association on there as well. And I took a couple of pictures of those, which turned out quite well. Um, but, you know, when you're taking a picture, it depends upon how, you know, what equipment oh, God, you've yeah. got to have as well. So just take the, uh, make the best of what you've got. And I'm quite I mean, pleased with just iPhone photos. Oh, so. God, I mean, to be honest, though, I mean, going back in the day, everyone would get these fancy cameras with all the big lenses and that. But with what you have in your pocket these days, it's quite amazing in itself, to be honest, and very surprising what you can what you can pull off with a with your phone yeah i mean you still can't make up for the optical effects of a digital slr with your phone but you're not far off and mm. then you can manipulate it in photoshop afterwards which is something else that i teach as well that's right you do yeah yeah but yeah no actually, I was, it's, it's funny because we we, we we think about this but in games i was mucking around with um what was I mucking around with recently oh it was the photo editing in the resident evil game right i think they're all very very much of a much but yeah, it's quite cool to play around with those. Obviously, you do get your game attack, so your, your achievement always pops. So, so go straight to that in the game. You know, yeah. there's an achievement for taking a photograph. Says the man who doesn't search for achievements. No, I don't. No, no, <laughs> but you know that. I know one's going to pop. <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah it's, uh, but photog- it's, it's a good hobby, is photography, but... It's one of those things of how a couple of feet in any direction can make the difference between a picture and a really great picture. Mm. So it's, it's like yesterday when I was out, I think I pulled a muscle on my chest, so I was in a, quite a bit of pain. I told you you did that, but carry on. <laughs> it wasn't through anything lewd, unfortunately. I would have been quite happy if it was. Uh, but... Um, I, I pulled a, a muscle in my chest, so I couldn't like get down as far as I'd wanted to go and stuff like that. So mm. while my pictures look okay, they're not as good as I wanted them to come out because I couldn't quite get to the angles that I wanted no. to to be able to take them. Because you know sometimes you have to get quite low to the floor mm. to get the effect that you want to do, especially when you're using like rule of third stuff like that. Um, so yeah, and but. Any going on your life, uh, this week? Been gaming much? Yes, I've uh, started a new game, which I will uh, talk about, a new release this week. Mm-hmm. So we'll come up to that. We'll leave that as a any point. Teaser, of, any teasers? Any, 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 any TV at all? Anything new on that? Uh, no, just been watching the 99, your Brooklyn 99. Oh, okay. uh, season 7 mm. of that. So one more season to go. Um, and yeah, it's it's okay. I think it it lost its sparkle after three or four seasons. Mm. Um, and Adam was it Sandberg or whatever he's called, who's the star plays Peralta. Uh, he seems to be getting younger in it in a both the way he looks and also the way he acts. Mm. And every season, he seems to be going the opposite way of aging that everybody else does. <laughs> which is really weird but i do like the captain on there you know he's a great character and he's mm. uh, how he's transformed over over the uh several seasons mm. uh what about yourself uh well say we, we were when you tried to record saturday but i was obviously out saturday um and this last minute last minute um, getting ready for my, my daughter's wedding my stepdaughter's wedding so that's been the main conversation of, um, of this household. But yeah, it'd be nice to go to another wedding and 
Yeah, I've got two now. So, got, so my my boy, uh, one of my boys is getting married in September as well. So I've got another one then. Mm. Yeah, it's crazy when the kids grow up and you got you start going to more weddings. <laughs> Some of them are a bit, you know, emotional and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, it's all right. Um, so you you can probably see my head it's bright as a bean at the minute. I was out yeah, gardening. <laughs> I was out gardening yesterday, and uh, when we'd finished, just sat in the garden just to chill out, not realising I should have wore something on my head. And God, is it. It's actually very tender right now. But um, yeah, don't do that very often. I normally put a hat on. My missus tells me I'm for it. But yeah, it was nice to get out in the garden for a change instead of stuck in a room. Because <laughs> it's, it's like you're doing it all week when you're working. And uh, just to get to do a bit of gardening, that's not my favourite cup of tea like you either. But uh, yeah, that was all right. Get sunshine. But it was just having to organise a tip because we have to do a visit. You have to book it online. You have to book your car in with the AMPR. And uh, it gets a bit, bit of a pain because you're only allowed, not for you, as you say, once a week, we have only one tip run. Mm. So you can only do one a week. But uh, oh, that was a joy to joy this week. Um, movies and videos this week. That's interesting. I was looking at Bill Hunt on Twitter. I follow him. He's, um, he's, got, he's involved with a, a digital, um, digital website regarding movies and 4K. And I saw him tweet out the June 4K, uh, which has been released by Arrow. And after, after, after twice I've done this now, I made the mistake. I went to went onto Arrow's website to order it. I ordered the bloody Blu-ray, not the 4K version. So I've sent them an email. I'm sure I'll be able to sort that out. Mm. And uh, there's not much in it price-wise, to be honest. No, definitely. But um, what's quite fascinating me is when I've uh, ordered it, I've, I've, which version have you gone for? Have you gone for the collector's edition? Well, the, or the, just a normal... The 4K, the 4K version is like a collector's edition anyway. Yeah. But then there's the Zavi one, which I saw as well, which I think is that an extra disc for some reason. I don't know. Yeah, there's cards and stuff like that. I've gone for that version. Mm. But uh, yeah, no, it's one of my favourite films, and uh, it's it's nice to pick that up. But I've got to wait for the. Uh, I either have to just pre-order again the 4K version, and then get them to cancel the Blu-ray edition. But I've been. I did some emails. Straight off, I realised I did it, but uh, maybe it's bank holiday weekend. I might not see an email until tomorrow. Mm. Remember, all back to work. But uh, yeah, that was quite interesting. And also, with being a bald head now, and I got a clean shave, it was something I was a bit frightened to do due to taking these pills at the minute with the, the idea of bleeding, bleeding out. Um, but yeah, no, I got the old razor out, got me Harry razor out, and did that. I thought it was pretty chuffed. It looks pretty well i mean i know you you're a gillette man aren't you the best I am, man yeah. can get. <laughs> I, I think i've i also used to use wilkinson sword as well but gillette just did a better job i think to be honest i mean a wet shave for me is better than any other type of shave that's going mm. i have had a turkish wet shave before that was quite interesting i had one of those when i was in um i think i did it in japan and they even put some stuff in it which peeled some, it peeled like a like a, a skin another layer of skin off you and all that very therapeutic. Mm. Uh, but yeah, sounds like, sounds quite painful to be fair. No, it wasn't far from it. I mean, you, I mean we get these big cut out razor out they do, and that but they put this other stuff on me. They like a, like a film, and then when it dried, you just peel it off, and it takes it takes all the pores out as well, and the dirt out of the pores. Mm. Uh, I'd recommend if you ever get to try that sort of experience. For, with a cutthroat razor, I would do. Um, as long as he's your best mate and not someone you just. <laughs> so uh, yeah, no. What else have I been up to? Oh yeah, I went on to reface. I've not played this much around with this for ages, and because I had a shave, I thought, well, let me try it with a beard. And it just looks dreadful. You know, you 
trying to look like someone like John Rambo and you've got this scrubby old beard on. So when I shaved, I thought he looks a bit better. I did the James Bond one for a bit of a laugh on Twitter and got quite a few replies back from that one. I was very surprised. Mm. Uh, but that, to be honest, it's got so in-depth, that app now. I don't know how, if you look on it, there's, it's not just like five or six things that's on the main page. There's a lot of stuff hidden in the background you can play with. Yeah. And for those that like a good TikTok or two as well, there's stuff for that now. And but if the those I don't pay for it. I don't know what I don't know what it costs to pay for the um, cut the adverts out as many as you want. I think it's about a tenner a month or something like that. It's quite expensive. Really, God. Mm. But you get a timer on it, don't you? So when you've done two or three or three of them, then it will say like you have to wait so long or watch an advert. Which yeah. There's no point in actually paying for something like that. Blimey. it. You're not getting good back on return, are you? Well, no, but the adverts only last a minute anyway, so... Mm. And the last thing this week, um, pre-ordered, I've been waiting for this now, I knew that Mondo were doing it, let's see, how many have I got so far? One, two, three, they've got three albums. So they're doing the Mission Impossible series on Mondo at the moment, and on Wednesday was the, uh, I think it's six o'clock over here, was the release of Mission Impossible 3, which is actually one of my favourites. I don't think it's everyone's cup of tea, but uh, one with the, uh, the to do with the rabbit's foot. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I was able to get a copy of that online. I was sitting there patiently waiting to when it to refresh it to come up and uh, got a version of that, which I'm pretty chuffed about because I do love the music to those movies. Uh, that will be probably coming in late August, I should imagine. So yeah, not much else. A bit of TV on Netflix I've been watching, but I, I, I don't know if you've seen something I've watched for a change, but we'll see. Um, comedy TV show, but we'll see what... what you, I bet you probably have a lot, I don't know. Okay. We shall see. But uh, let's move on to gaming this week. No longer a dream, but a reality. Okay, Hayden, do you want to stop and think of what we got? Uh, okay, so lots of news, basically. First off, Valve is working on Steam Pal. So this is a switch type handheld device for Steve. <laughs> <laughs> uh, evidently, it's uh, suggested it's going to run on Linux, not Steam OS, which I found was uh, quite a surprise. It kind of feels like a bad move to me uh, on Steam's behalf because these devices already are out there. I don't think that they're that popular. Um, and things like steam link and the steam controller never really took off and i just don't think that this will there's too many <clears throat> the big boys are out there but trying to release something for a minority yeah is not easy to do i don't think i don't you know it's if you're going to do you're going to design something and you're going to sell it you've got to get it right and it's i don't think it's a tall order to to like go up against people like nintendo or anyone else no you know those kids that play that <laughs> so <laughs> There goes, uh, there goes the, the Switch listeners again. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, it can't be easy, can it? No. Thing. Uh, good luck to one of that, really, I think. I mean, it'd be nice if it does take off, but I, ju- I just can't see it. No. Um, well, Nintendo are selling, they sell like hotcakes all the time, don't they? I mean, they're top of the, the tree for that. Yeah. And uh, they will never fall from that tree. Yeah. Well, I'll bring in another bit of news as well. Uh, there is suggestions that the Switch pro which is the 4k version of the switch is mm. going to be revealed possibly before e3 oh, okay because they they got their own digital show that they have i don't know if it's before normally or during so yeah 
many how many versions of Switch can you buy? Well, two at the moment. Mm. And then you've got your light switch. <laughs> As opposed to your switch light. Yeah, well then there's new one called a pull cord. Have you heard of that one? <laughs> is that for pulling the other one? Yeah, it is, yeah. <laughs> so another bit of news, uh, one that I think you'll like, Steve, is mm. the fact that Dying Light 2 is scheduled for release on the 7th of December this year. And there's lots of new gameplay to be seen, uh, showing new enemy types as well. Yes, I did enjoy that game, I must admit. And it's one of the, I'm proud to say, actually, that's one of the ones I've completed and thoroughly enjoyed the idea of the uh, free running with zombies in that. Yeah. But, uh, it's going to be up against a few other games in December, though. I know, I don't think you can actually pinpoint a best time to release a game when you've got Call of Duty and FIFA out in November. Mm. But at least we don't have to worry about buying uh, Halo Infinite. <laughs> no, we don't. Touch word, in, in about 13 days' time, we will hear more. Indeed. So, other bit of news, Far Cry 6, gameplay revealed, looks really good. Uh, and it might have a third-person point of view as well. Yes, which... I haven't seen too much about this trailer. I haven't had a chance to see it yet. Is it, is it looking good, is it, the game? It, it does look like quite a beautiful game. They've uh, definitely got a very... Uh, vivid colour scheme going with mm-hmm. it, like that orangey yellow sort of view and there seemed to be a guy with some sort of rocket pack which I, I looked and I thought are they taking it a bit just cause-ish do you know what I mean? Yeah <clears throat> But I think that the uh, best gameplay trailer certainly for this week mm. was Horizon the Forbidden West so this was shown on State of Play and I've just got to say it looks utterly amazing does this game uh, the visuals look way beyond the last game, uh, and there's quite an impressive uh, fight with a massive sort of robot elephant mm-hmm. in there as well, showing lots of the new weapons uh, that are in the game, and um, a sort of like Zelda glider kind of thing as well. Yeah, I did see a little bit of that on Twitter, I noticed it, and uh, the PlayStation guys should be pretty chuffed to see that, that game coming out, I'd imagine. Yeah. Was that anything that came out of State of Play? Was there much more other than that? Uh, I didn't actually see State of Play. I saw this from State of Play. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know if anything else was revealed. But uh, yeah. there was a Sonic event as well. So this was, uh, I think, really quite disappointing. Uh, it announced the fact that Sonic Colors is coming out for consoles. And they are yet again rehashing all of the old Sonic games with Sonic Origins. So there's also talk of a new Netflix uh, cartoon series that is going to yeah, feature I mean, Sonic. I mean, I'm sure the kids will enjoy that sort of thing. I mean, I mean, I don't know how old Sonic is now. It's just come up against an anniversary. I'm funny feeling. That I, I was I was in third year primary school when it came out. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that, Thirty-eight years ago, something like that. God, I thought I, I don't know what they must. I'm sure there's an anniversary that's just come out for it. But uh, yeah, Sonic, you can only go far with that. I mean, I I think my best time to playing Sonic, to be honest, was probably back in the day, sort of pre PlayStation. Yeah. I'm trying to think what, what what was I playing it on at the time. I probably probably playing it on the yeah, Master System, what, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. It's it's um I just I mean it goes from that to 3D versions of Sonic, and we've had the movie and uh, you know. As, yeah, I don't think it's it's much. It's a great Sega flagship. I think you can you know, flog with Dead Horse too much, can't you? Yeah, definitely. And I think that they had uh, 
they had that one, I can't remember what it was called, but it was a, a rehash of all of the old Sonic levels that you could put in any order. Mm. Um, that was released, what, two years ago? Something like that. And you could get Sonic 1, Sonic 2, Sonic Knuckles, Sonic 3D, all of those mm. already um, on, well, just about every platform going. So it ju- I just feel like the... Um, just rehashing the same rubbish all the time. It's Sonic Mania I was thinking of. Oh, okay. Yeah. So when was that? That was uh, well, matter of fact, that was older than I thought. It was 2017 that was released, so a bit mm. more than two years ago. Yeah, yeah. But it's all the same stuff over and over and over again. It's to me, and and this is what I feel the failing is with Nintendo because mm. I'm, I'm I'm going to say it again. The Switch is a cracking console. The problem with Nintendo is it's all the same Nintendo stuff from all of the previous years in a lot of respects. You know, it's like, you know, when you look at, um, I know they, they've brought the graphics up to date on some of the stuff, but Nintendo does tend to release the same sort of things. And how many think, versions of Smash Brothers do you need? And Yeah, this is probably the only um, downside to Nintendo, if they've got one, is that they don't bring out new, enough new IPs to yes. what they bring out hardware-wise. Yeah, because the consoles themselves are great. And, you know, say things like Hellblade on the uh, the Switch, it's a really good version, mm. you know, and it looks fantastic. So, but I just feel like Sega with Sonic, they just rehash the same stuff over and over again. And it means that they're actually damaging the franchise at this point, I think. Mm, yeah. Uh, but anyway, there is evidently a next-gen Sonic game coming next year as well. I'm sure there's some fans that they look forward to it and enjoy it. Yep, there will always be hardcore fans. But it's, when you consider how good uh, Sonic used to be to how it is now, mm. it's a bit of a parody of itself, I feel. Same, I mean... I mean, sort of. I think their strongest franchise. I think we're all going to agree is Mario. But again, that's the same. Yeah, yeah. And that again is another product where you know you can only go so far with it. I mean, they can bring out, they can rebring out all sorts of versions of that and spruce them up. But yeah, I know it's it's tough, really. Mm. I see. You could say the same thing. You know, Xbox have Halo, I suppose, for example. Nintendo have Mario, PlayStation, Final Fantasy. Maybe I don't know. Uh, sad boy. Yeah. If you're keeping it in that sort of yeah, and uh, unreal, which is a nice little um, segue uh, into the yeah, next because all uh, as ultimate mountain climbing simulator or Unreal Four, whichever way you prefer to call it, is now coming to PC. So yet another uh, bleeding off of the total exclusives to PlayStation over to other platforms. Uh, so uh, Unreal 4 is not going to be exclusive for much longer, evidently. Mm. So quite right. looking forward to that. Yeah, I did see, as I was saying to you earlier, I did see um, some video footage of that. It was talking about now for Xbox as well. And some of that just looked, just looked realistic, realistic, didn't it? It's just mm. it's sort of film quality. I can't see Unreal, Uncharted rather, going to um, Xbox, though. So. Oh, no. But the... The idea of using the engine for, for certain stuff. Well, isn't the engine actually technically Microsoft's anyway? Because they bought out the company that the engine ran on, didn't they? Possibly, yeah. Yeah, maybe yeah. right. Yeah, they did. 
because that was a big joke at the time that the mm. PlayStation exclusive was uh, owned by Microsoft. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In terms of how it operated. Um, other bits of news, there's been the release of Unreal 5 Engine uh, this week, and you can download it for free and experiment with it. There were some amazing visuals uh, given out in terms of the uh, engine running. Um, evidently, the Konami code will give you extra features in Unreal Engine. I don't know how that works. Mm. Um, but the most amazing thing was came from um, Ionized Games, where one of the developers there tweeted that they were able to load a 10 million polygon scan of their dog, and they were able to load 1,000 instances of it running at 60 frames a second. So that's 10 billion polygons at 60 frames a second. Wow. And he stopped, not because he'd reached the uh, limit, limit in terms of what it can yeah. do, but yeah. because he got bored with doing it. <laughs> um, and plus, his PC isn't even high-end. It was, you know, very achievable sort yeah. of specs by all accounts. Yeah, yeah. So I think once we get Unreal 5 started to proliferate its way down into uh, games of the new generation. I think we're going to see some quite amazing things. Mm. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they can develop that and some of the games you can get in the future. Yeah. And use the uh, new consoles to a bit more of a capability factor that we can play with them. Absolutely. Um, there was bad news for Sony uh, PlayStation owners as well because evidently Borderlands developer uh, announced that their latest update for the game has been denied cross-play by Sony. What a surprise. <laughs> How many times is this going to go on? We've said it before, and they keep saying it again. They've got to, they've start, got to start getting in the real world now. they just got their own backside with this. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, the Xbox and Bethesda conference is coming on the 13th of uh, June at 6pm. Hmm. Which is a Sunday, so maybe we'll have to watch it and then do a discussion show about that on the 13th. Well, maybe we should just do a live show and just watch it and people, and, and go from there, really, just off the, off the cuff. Possibly, maybe. yeah. yeah, Might be an idea. Oh, you'll have to see the back of my head, though, because I have to turn around and watch it on the big screen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or maybe we just rebroadcast it with uh, us chipping in. I don't know. It's yeah. a possibility. Mm. Um, and then finally, there is a new Dragon Quest game, Dragon Quest Twelve, on the way. Not that I know much about the franchise because it's not one that appeals. But no, I mean me neither, to be honest. But I'm sure there'll be Dragon Quest fans out there somewhere that will be jumping at the bit. Yeah, I'm sure that there will be. So, do you want to do the yeah, uh, so <clears throat> new releases? So, I haven't got too many this time, but we have on the 31st of the fifth, we have the Fallen Knight on PC. On the first, we have got Necromander Hired Gun, that's on all platforms from Focus Home Interactive. On the third, we've got two titles here. We've got Pro Cycling Manager 2021 on the PC. And we've got Monster Harvest on the PlayStation 4 and Xbox. Also on the fourth, we have DC Superhero Girls Team Power on the Switch and Sniper Ghost Warrior Contract 2 on all platforms as well. So not too much to chomp on there, but if you fancy a cycle. Quite happy for it to be a quiet couple of weeks on releases. Yeah, yeah. Okay, do you want to do the subscription? Okay, so Games with Gold this week, we've got um, a Mellow, which is uh, from the 1st of May to the 31st. Uh, 
Dungeons 3, which is available on the 16th of May to the 15th of June. Lego Batman on the 1st to the 15th of May. And Tropico 4 on the 16th to the 31st. I own Lego Batman. I did actually um, tick the box of Tropico 4. I couldn't actually play them games. Yeah, they're okay. They're uh, sort of like SimCity with a comedy dictator. Mm. Sort of thing. I've, I think I've got about every version of that game. Yeah. On PC. Okay. So PlayStation Plus, we've got Operation Tango. It's nothing to do with the fat man that runs around in orange, is it? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Virtual Fighter Five, the Ultimate Showdown, and Star Wars Squadron. Yes, yeah, Star Wars Squadron's an interesting one because it's only mm. eight months old to to be given away so readily. Maybe they wanted to put something in there that was uh, something they could sort of highlight, something to, to get them flagged up, I think. Because I think, I think also to have an equilibrium with uh, Game Pass as well. That's because what I was, yeah, there. exactly, yeah. Yeah. So what have you got on Twitch and Epic then? Uh, Twitch uh, and Prime, basically, you've got uh, Batman and Telltale uh, series this uh, month. We've got New Forge, uh, sorry, New Found Courage. Uh, Lost in Harmony, BFF or Die, and uh, Spit Kiss. <laughs> Whatever the heck that is, it's an indie yeah. game. And then on Epic this week, up until uh, the 3rd at 4pm, we've got Among Us, and then it's another super secret game. So did, we'll find out on the day. Did they have a super secret game last month? Do you remember what they've, it was? They've, they've done it every week for the last three weeks. Mm-hmm. So it's... Uh, they just seem to be hiding it at the moment. It normally means that there's going to be some good or you know popular games mm. uh, that are being released. Cool. And it's to keep keep coming back. Yeah, kind of. There's that fishing reel. They're trying to reel you in, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. And they also, when you go in, they also set turn around and say, "Oh, and here's a ten pound voucher for anything that you spend over fifteen quid." So they now have to play that game. Yeah, definitely. Okay, we um, move on to our gaming. gaming. Yeah. What you got then, Hayden? You've got something new for a change. I haven't got a great deal of chat about it, to be honest, a little bit. But um... Well, this week was the release of Biomutant. So, do you remember this game, Steve? I'm going to, while you're chatting, I'm going to actually go onto YouTube and have a little look. Okay. <laughs> so, this is the latest game from THQ Nordic, and it's basically a big open-world action RPG. It has branching storylines where the decisions made by the player will decide how the story outcome will continue. Mm-hmm. And the story revolves around the main plot, which is the uh, Tree of Life, which has been struck by a natural disaster and becomes polluted by uh, poisonous oil from beneath the soil. And your mission is to either help the Tree of uh, Life and restore it or let it die and there are different factions within each world uh, within the world um, where there are these six tribes um, half of which want the tree to die the other half of which want to want the tree to live and you've basically got to try and you know get it to do one or the other what are the key yeah sorry Uh, one of the key features of the game is basically the ability to change your character based on some sort of biodiversity mm-hmm. so you can start the game choosing your uh, breed of uh, creature those be primal dunmoon erex a hyla uh, fip 
uh, Murgle, each of which has their own um, sort of strengths and weaknesses. As you progress, uh, your character can change its stats and attributes. You get um, different points um, and upgrade uh, paths on there, and you can give your character new abilities, new fighting styles, uh, new abilities to wield different weapons, all of that sort of thing. And I think anybody who loves an RPG will love that aspect of the game because there's a lot of diversity in it. Um, I'm sure that you're probably looking at a video of this now, Steve, and when you what you'll be able to see, it's a beautifully realised world. Oh, it looks, looks lovely. I'm going to say that. Yeah, with some really quite stunning uh, vistas in terms of that game as well. Mm. Uh, like so it's got quite a large sort of map. It'll take uh, a little while, not as long as just cause or something like that to get across but it'll take a while uh, to get across the map yeah um the gameplay is quite smooth uh i think it's running at 60 frames per second uh, and you've got a good choice between long range weapons and melee weapons but what i do kind of feel is that the combat does feel a bit spongy and occasionally a bit lackluster at the moment there is uh, news that the developers uh, have listened to um, some of the feedback from the community and are trying to make the weapons feel more impactful and responsive and are also going to be adding higher level of difficulties because um, people have said that the highest level of difficulty is not particularly that hard. Well, I'm looking at this character with wielding a saw and he seems to be, takes a, takes a bit, these, these rounds bald characters that you're trying to kill. Yeah. In a sword, you think you'd be able to take him out in one hit, one or two hits, but it's like it's taking him longer than I would have thought. Yeah, it takes several hits on things. I mean, if you learn all of the moves, you know, you can fight like a boss, basically. Mm. Um, and it'll go down quicker, but the, what I found in this game is, there are some games, like, for example, the Batman Arkham series, where... The, the fighting feels fluid, yeah. and this doesn't feel fluid, and I think that that's the problem. I mean, when you're looking at the character and how tiny it is compared to some of the big bosses, there's a character here with three furry heads, <coughs> yeah, and it, it looks like it would take you, due to size and mass, you think it would take probably take forever to kill it. Mm, yeah, it's not Final Fantasy, though. Only those no. games take forever to kill anything that's bigger than you. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> But yeah, I've never seen a few things about this in in the Facebook group. But, uh, was it expensive yeah. this game? Was it? Uh, it's just standard sort of price. Mm. Digital or hard? Did you go for hard? Yeah. Is it one to 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 actually sort of uh, use in CX when, once you're done? Is it one of those games that you can go back to or not? Or uh, no, my son said he wants to play it, so I'll give it to him afterwards. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, interesting. But it's a nice game uh, to play. Other than, like I said, the slightly lacklustre uh, combat. Um, there's massive open world, lots of different biomes. There's lush greenery of the forests, uh, you know, deserts, snow areas, and some other weird ones as well. Mm. It feels very much like Breath of the Wild and Immortals, uh, Phoenix Rising, um, and Assassin's Creed had a sort of love child <laughs> in some sort of way. Because <laughs> um, there's sort of elements of each one uh, in there. Mm. Um, nice game overall, good story. I think it looks beautiful, definitely worth investing in. And I would suggest if you've not seen this or want to see what it plays like, 
have a look at uh, the Pop Culture Gamers YouTube channel. Don't forget to like and subscribe because there's a couple of hours of gameplay of that, About actually about three or four hours of gameplay of that on the channel. Mm. So there's plenty for you to be able to see, um, including all of the upgrade paths and stuff like that. The only thing I would say is the negative on this game is that there is a, nar- a narrator, which a lot of people have complained about, but you can switch him off. Is it poor, act, poor voice acting, is it, or...? No, it just pops up occasionally. It's just annoying. But there's lots of things you can collect in there. There's, uh, like, weapons, different mounts that you can do. So uh, one of the first things you get is a water ski, Mm -hmm. uh, which uh, you have to then upgrade to be able to go on to different types of water. There's, like, a a mech that you can use. Uh, There's a glider, which, when I was uh, watching something... Like a jetpack or something, is it? Uh, no, it's just like literally a glider, mm. like in um, in Zelda. And uh, it was strongly recommended to get that as soon as you can. So I went looking, I went out of the area where I was encouraged to stay. Mm. I went looking to get that early on. Mm. Um, but you can get like a helicopter, jack, uh, black pack and stuff like that as well. Um, yeah, I, I'm enjoying the game. I think hopefully if they tweak it, uh, it'll make it run a lot better. Yeah, oh, cool. Anything else you play Mass Effect still, I should imagine? Uh, not very much, because of me playing Biomutant. Yeah. So, like I said, Mass Effect, I'm savouring. It's a, it's a piece here, a piece there. Yeah, or a PC here and a PS5 PC. there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know what you mean. I mean, for me, I'm still going through Destiny, obviously. That's my main thing I'm doing at the moment. And I'm just going through, uh, just upgrading my character and just carrying on with the story through through the season. A little bit of FIFA, really. Their Twitch Prime has this, got another free pack this month, so if you want to go onto that to, to download that in um, in the FUT, that's fine. That's it, really. I haven't, I haven't even paid Mass Effect, really. I think I've been just... It's not like a gaming lull, though, but, you know, I just I suppose it's uh, this, time, this time of the year that you sort of maybe fizzle out a little bit in the summer when it starts to come in. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I suppose... There's, maybe I always feel like there's a little game in love before E3. Yeah. Itself. Yeah, I think it always, so. It always feels like that. Even though, say, we're playing games we've played before with Mass Effect and that. So we'll see. I mean, there's some new things on the horizon, I'm sure, come September. Don't know what. Uh, Is there anything um, sort of like Destiny coming in September? Because that's normally when they do it, isn't it? There'll probably be a new... They'll probably be the next part of the roadmap. Right. So I'm not sure if this is the last... Is there going to be one more season after this? I'm not too sure at the moment. I'll have to look on the roadmap. But this is maybe another season or two that goes up to September before the next expansion that we pay for to go to yeah. the next section. You know, I don't know. But, yeah, it's much of a much, really. And, uh, I don't know, is this something new we really want to, to get our taste buds on gaming at the moment? Something we really want to play? I mean, there's some older games that we still haven't actually gone back to that need to do, like Final Fantasy and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, for me, I've there is a there is a lot that I want to go back to. A few mm. games. I've, um, I think there's been a few releases recently, and I've you know said that in terms of the PC stuff, a lot of the PC stuff is like um, Horizon Zero Dawn, playing that through on the PC mm. because it does feel like a different game, especially if you're playing it on a keyboard. Yeah. Um, and the visuals are updated, so you know, it's really nice to play on the PC. Mm. 
Yeah. Cool. So, should we move on then? I think we're done, yeah. really. Okay, so we're going to movies, TV, and streaming. In quest of a better life. So, we've got a couple of bits of news, haven't we, Hayden? What do you. Um... Uh, okay, a couple of bits. Uh, Cobra Kai, there's the new trailer is out, and the return of another character. From the Karate Kid uh, Illuminati, shall we say? Yeah, one I wasn't too keen of when I was, I hate to say, it's um, the guy comes from Karate Kid 3, doesn't he? Yeah. Brightly. And those that, may, maybe, those that haven't maybe seen the, the second or third film, I think they need to go in there rather quickly now before this comes out to get a flavour of what this nasty character is all about. I'm sure that they'll do flashbacks like they did in other ones. Yeah, yeah, I think they will do. But uh, yeah, that'd be great. I don't know. This is still is it penciling for late this year, this season, isn't it? Evidently, yeah. Mm. But so if you talk about if we go through the biggest news again, another another pay and a buyout. Yeah, massive buyout by uh, Amazon of MGM Studios. The tech giant has bought um, MGM. And a purchase that was worth eight point four five billion or five point nine seven billion pounds this week. Um, obviously, one of the things that this has had people worried about is what does that mean for Bond in the future? And evidently, Bond producers Barbara Broccoli and Michael G. Wilson stressed that he uh, the deal did not mean that the spy would be uh, sorely pushed onto Amazon streaming service. Stating that we're committed to continuing to make James Bond for the worldwide theatrical audience. Uh, Amazon will not have free reign to exploit the franchise uh, with spin offs in the way that uh, people like Disney Plus have done with Star Wars. And under the deal, future James Bonds will be made available on Amazon Prime, but Eon's statement makes it clear they will be screened in cinemas too. That statement because it's quite bland mm. is i'm thinking that that's going to be simultaneous cinema and prime i don't think now obviously if you've already got um amazon prime you can maybe watch it for free yeah but to be honest i would like to see it in cinema though i always go i've always watched the bonds in the big screen it's it's something i like to do yeah now, what it might do is it might then also give you the back catalogue. If you don't own them in any sort of structure digitally, you may well be able to go back and watch more. Um, Quite possibly, but it is yeah. a cash cow to get the Blu-rays out every so, so many years, isn't it? Well, I mean, at the moment, I've still only got my 50th <coughs> box set. Yeah. Books, uh, book set, I think is the word to quite use for that. But they haven't done the 4K release. No, they haven't. Which... And if they did that, that would probably get you encouraged to upgrade. <laughs> well, I, to be honest, I would. I mean, apparently digitally you can see streaming versions of 4K version, but whether or not that is going to be worth watching, I don't think so. I, I'd rather have a disc in my hand that's 4K than streaming. Uh, yeah. Days. Well, we know from streaming services that realistically speaking, if you're playing a, a purchased HD Blu-ray, Compared to a streamed 4K, because of the bit rates, mm. the details are near identical anyway. There's not very much difference in it, and quite often, depending upon the compression, the Blu-ray can look better than the ha- 4K. I ha- I'd like to think that they don't do a marvel on us and say, here's 
here's the whole lot on 4K, it's going to cost you 250 quid. Yeah. I'd like to see them either come out in batches, whether that's going to be depending on the um, the Bond that was, say, like the Sean Connery era. They've already yeah. done a 4K version of the Craig one, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, the, the, newer, yeah. the newer Bond. But we <laughs> Do want... stuff like that. Yeah, but I'd it, like to see the uh, the original forty nine, should I say, or actually maybe less than that, stretching across the original other bonds that we've had over the decade. Yeah, yeah. But I'm sure they they will come out at some point. I'm sure that they will. Sure mm. that they will. But anyway, the next instalment of uh, James Bond with Daniel Craig's final outing in No Time to Die is due for release in uk cinemas on the 30th of september and the us box office on the 8th of october after a series of covid related delays and we get it a week before for a change so we should bonds british exactly we always have to wait we always have to wait at least a week for when it's something american to Mm. come over here so it's only fair it should be the same way around oh yeah absolutely yeah um, and then the final bit of uh, news I've got is about, obviously, the 4K Blu-ray of David Lynch's uh, Dune. And evidently the collector's edition's already sold out. What, on Zavi? Yeah. Because <coughs> was that one a bit more expensive? That's the £45 one, yeah. I want you to go in there because I didn't know why, because obviously Amazon are doing uh, doing their version, because that's where it's coming from. I don't understand why they've got an extra disc maybe on that. Yeah, so the yeah the 4K edition has sold out, but you can go for the the June limited edition one on 4K HD, which is significantly cheaper. But I wonder if that's because they got is that the soundtrack that's with it on the, on the next disc maybe? Maybe I don't know, but uh, yeah, I'll actually say my 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 cock up on the uh, on the Blu-ray. I may have to just purchase the other one and then just cancel the other from that point of view, but we'll see. Mm. Okay, cinema releases. So, not too many this time. I'll go through them. So, the big one is on the 3rd of June. We have The Quiet Place Part 2. On the 4th, we have The Killing of Two Lovers, Dream Horse, Land, and After Love. Not too many there, but A Quiet Place is getting some quite rave reviews at the moment. Part yep. two of that. Whether or not I'll see that at the cinema, it might have to be, I must have waited until it gets released in different ways, I think, before I get to watch it. I don't know, I really quite fancy seeing A Quiet Place Part 2. Yeah, I think best place to see it will be a cinema because it will be very quiet. No disruptions there. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you don't want to have people rushing their popcorn or their <coughs> well, there's originals or whatever they'll be sucking up while you're watching a film like that. That's probably the only downside to it. Okay, what have we got on DVD releases then, Hayden? So DVD, a couple of ones I've picked out is, uh, first one is Duel, which is the 50th anniversary of the Steven Spielberg classic movie. Uh, which I only just recently picked up anyway, and it's a fantastic movie, is that? It's mm. one of my favourite ones he's ever done. Uh, Smokey and the Bandit 4K Blu-ray. God, yeah. It's a brilliant movie as well. Stardust, uh, which was quite a good fantasy movie, uh, starring Robert De Niro. Uh, the Mask of Zorro, 2005, and The Legend of Zorro, uh, both on DVD. Tremors 4K Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Which would be really uh, fancy as well if I hadn't have uh, already got the box set of that. But, uh, you know, uh, I, mean, I think that's about it. Yeah, I mean, to be honest there, um, I've been look, looking at the dual 50th anniversary edition. I don't know if there's much difference between that and the one you've got. To be honest, I don't think it's been a great deal. 
You know? I don't think that there is. No. Something else in the background there, a good film I did enjoy is Backdraft, which is on 4K Blu-ray, which is Kurt Russell. Mm. The fire, fire one there. Um, anything else I can see thrown through there? Nothing about it, really. Okay, so cinema charts. Cinema charts, we've got number five up from 32 is Speed. Number four down from one is The Little Things. Number three down from two is Wonder Woman 1984. Number two, new entry is Tom and Jerry, the movie 2021. And at number one, new entry is Raya and the Last Dragon. Okay, so I'll do Blu-ray charts, what we have here. So in at five, we've got Supernatural, the complete series. In at four, we've got Tom and Jerry, the movie. In at three, Supernatural, the complete 15th series. Uh, in at two, a re-entry, we have Super 8, which I think I've seen forgotten is how long. And at number one, one of the greatest movies of this year is Zack Schneider's Justice League. Deadly silence on that one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, what have you been watching, Power? Anything to talk about? No, not really. The only thing I... Uh, well, actually, no, there's two things I've been watching. First off is Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um... So I'm on season seven of this now, which is quite an undertaking considering it's about 24 episodes in each season. Um, I just feel like from about season four, they, they lost the plot a little bit on the show and it's been sort of like limping along with a flat tyre, shall we say, somewhere along the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the main characters left and stuff like that. Uh, but I don't know. I just I think that the character of Peralta, played by Adam Sandberg, is... He seems to have backwardly evolved, is the only way I can say it, because A, he looks younger now than he did on the first episode, mm. you know, seven years later. And his character seems more immature for an already immature character. You know, it's sort of like turned into a parody of himself a little bit, which is a bit disappointing, really, mm. um, because it was a little bit more intelligent than it is now when it first started. Um but it's still it's still entertaining and stuff like that and uh i've you know well we've been watching it basically but i would say that my favorite episodes are the heist episodes that they have mm-hmm. so um they have split up right across the hall of uh you know on each year they have um, a heist episode where everybody in the precinct tries to steal something specific yeah um you know as a sort of like competition between themselves and every year it's got progressively more uh silly and sort of backstabbing and stuff mm-hmm. like that but i actually quite like those episodes <laughs> uh, just uh, because it does it does get really quite zany but it's not too bad so that's that the other uh thing i've been watching as well is the return of lucifer so for the second half of the uh, newest season Mm-hmm. Uh, because they sort of like stopped halfway through uh, the last season at the appearance of Lucifer's father, which, uh, if you haven't worked it out, would be God. Um, and this is now about Lucifer reconnecting with his father. Oh, okay. Uh, so, and it's just very typical sort of uh, Lucifer episodes, basically. You know, the, the writing still says pretty much the same although Mm. one of the episodes they did a buffy one more time with feeling episode Mm. so everybody was uh bursting into song every now and again Uh, do you know what i don't know what it is about that because just of late a lot of shows do this yeah and i think it's 
Why is my missus up? I tell her she hates them with a passion. Does she? I mean, Flash did one, didn't it? I think Flash did one. Um, I'm telling you, other ones that come to mind have done it. I think a few of the other sort of vampire diary type of things that she's been watching have done that as well. Uh, I just got an email from Arrow as we tweet, as we talk. Okay, I've got to cancel one and then buy the other. Fine, okay, that's fair enough. Mm. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So there's a TV show that my missus has been watching, and I every now and then I'll walk in there and she's laughing. And I, when I sit down and I just don't move them when I see it. Yeah. So this is a show called Motherland. Yes, and, I know that one. Yes, and it's a very good show, isn't it? It is. There's another one similar to it called Breeders. You've seen yeah. that. So, if anyone doesn't know, so mother, did you mention it before on here? I don't know if you have. Yeah, I think I mentioned it once before. So here we got. Um, it's about it's about five parents. They obviously all we see of them is going to the school, dropping their kids off, but then we see them in the background. They're sort of mingling together um, with some hilarious outcomes and different scenarios that they get into. I think they end up being more to be friends than they are just parents that they say hello to in the school playground. Yeah. What I did notice is a couple of the people, and we got Diane Morgan, who plays Liz. She was in, she's an afterlife. Um, mm-hmm. I think she was one of the members of the of the office that he worked in, Ricky Gervais. But the girl that sprang to mind, and I looked, I thought, I know her. And this is Lucy Punch, who plays Amanda. And she was in Hot Fuzz. Yeah. And did you remember, did you, so when you saw her, did, did it come to mind? Who yes. she was? Yeah. So she played the, uh, she was a member of the cast that was doing the, the play in Hot Fuzz with um, Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, she got a head severed, didn't she? <laughs> yeah, she did, yeah. But she had that annoying laugh, didn't she, in Hot yeah. Fuzz. But yeah, I, I've watched a few episodes. It is, it is very, very British, this. It's um, quite brutal humour at times as well. Well, there was one there when they went away for a weekend on a, on a they, took, they went out to a BM, rented a B&B in, in, the, in Devon or something. Mm. And the guy was trying to cut this pig in the ground. <laughs> and all the girls just used him as a go-to person. Why, I want the Wi-Fi. What's the Wi-Fi channel? What's this? What's that? But I think it's a really, it's really funny. I might have to probably go back and see some more of that that um, the missus watched. I would, I would suggest if your wife likes that, tell her to watch Breeders on Sky. Right. Because that's Martin Freeman. Oh, okay. Um, and it's... Uh, it's a very similar sort of thing, but it's again, it's about one, you know, couple, and uh, I've forgotten what her name is, but she used to be on um, Man Stroke Woman, and she was on. Um, oh, I recognise her. I recognise her. <sighs> yeah. What was she in? Uh, she was on Extras as well. She was the woman who went. Yeah. All the time. She, she she was in something called Back to Life. Also, I'm just seeing there, just more more like this. Yeah, that was a re- about her returning to the community after she was. Uh, Did she, was in she a murder or something? Did she, uh, murder she, she was. She went to prison for murder. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, my wife's actually seen that Back to Life. She actually watched it. Yeah. So yeah, I'll have to um, I'll have to tell her about that. Uh, Daisy Haggard. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I have. I have sort of walked in when she's doing her binge watching and occasionally come across something like that. Yeah. <coughs> well, she's a wife in Breeders and she's uh, Martin Freeman's wife. Yeah. Um, but basically they're a bit of a dysfunctional sort of uh, couple um, struggling to look after the kids with lots of things going on. It's that yeah. sort of, it's, it's similar to Motherland, but, you know, a variation on that sort of theme of, you know, uh, dysfunctional parents yeah. basically i think i think this time of year there isn't a lot out there i mean there is a lot of tv shows to watch but normally it can go quiet 
Yeah. So first of all, to me, they actually come up together. But there are times when we do do things like that. Kind of make yourself with the missus. Yeah, well, well, me, me and the missus are watching Brooklyn Nine Nine at the moment, so yeah. that's what we're focusing on. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, other than that, really, I, I did sit down for the first time this year and rewatch the thing from John Carpenter, which is quite nice to do. I think it's what you call one of those comfort movies, if you know what I mean. I know what you mean. You know, just sit down there with a cup of coffee and actually, and just chill out. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of my pre-ordered Blu-rays that are coming out, some of them are getting delayed, and they're a little way away yet as well. So um, it's. I'd like to still like to go to the cinema at some point. I'd like to do it this weekend, but. Something tells me it's wrong to go and sit in the cinema when it's nice and sunny. Yeah. I've, you know, I've, I kind of feel now, with the amount of Blu-rays I've got, I'm finding it hard to find ones that I want now because I've already got them. It's funny you said it because when I, I actually went, I sat there last night with Mr. Sitting and I just wanted, you know, go on your phone. I was going for, I just typed in 4K Blu-ray and got them down to Amazon. And I was just zipping through them all thinking, no, no, there's nothing actually coming out other than what I pre-ordered, like uh, the Indiana Jones box set, there's a couple of um, Arrow 4K Blu-rays for Dario Argento movies, which I've gone for as well. And also I pre-ordered Basic Instinct in 4K. Mm. And I, I, think, I think that might be soon, actually. Um, yeah, there's, there's not a great deal um, coming out at the moment. No, and no. I feel like I'm probably being more selective now because before I would be buying 4K Blu-rays just because they were 4K but now oh, I don't, you know it's easy to do that yeah it is but I but, try to I mean I, actually there are a couple I'd like to have which I don't in a minute which is like I wouldn't mind having a die hard one mm. but again that's just the one single movie they've not done like a box set and I haven't to be honest I haven't actually gone for the I haven't done it yet and I don't know I don't know what I might do at some point back in the future now that normally would be a given to, to, to pre-order, and I did I cancelled it at the time because it was it was quite expensive. Um, and maybe there's a few others I can think of, but if you try and go on something like the HMV store at the moment, they're doing two for thirty quid. Mm. And when I look at the first row, I, I can see Total Recall, Flash Gordon, and Apocalypse Now. I've got all those. <laughs> uh, Parasite. I've got the Blu-ray of Parasite. I, I, Probably don't need that. Um, I've got Don't Look Now. And then you go down there, Fog, They Live, Prince of Darkness, um, all of those I, I have got. Uh, but there are, you see, the thing is, I love The Matrix, but once you came in the second two movies now, I know they're doing the box set on Amazon a bit cheap at the moment as a deal. But if you want to just pick up The Matrix, you're talking 20 quid there. But you might as well go for two for 30 on the HMV website. Um, so, but I actually, there's a couple I wouldn't mind having because I have only got the first Rambo in, in 4K. Yeah. And I've got the the last one they the last one they did. You know, they're also doing a two for 25 as well. Uh, what 4K? Yeah. Okay. Let's go back. What else have we got here? Have a look. Because our store, I think, I think our store's open now in Bournemouth. Um, but there are a few bits and pieces coming out for a fan of stuff like Almost Famous. And yeah, I don't think yeah, I've seen that there. So they're doing a flash. They do. They do quite a few sales. They're doing a flash sale at the moment as well. Mm. Um, they're doing limited time, fifty percent off as well on, on certain movies in four K. Um, I can't. Oh, actually, that, 
Yeah, they, they, actually, because I wouldn't. The other series I do like is the Saw series, and the first one and the last one are both on uh, 4K. Um, actually, you've got some of the other Marvel ones I'd like to have as well, not on the Marvel DC. So you've got Batman versus Superman, you've got Man of Steel. So, yeah, there are other places on Amazon too. I, don't, I can't remember how quick they get these ships shipped out when you want them. I think they're quite fast from yeah. memory. I mean, I'm looking through and there's one, literally one Blu-ray so far, and I'm on page seven, that I would want to get out of there two for 30. Yeah. And that's the problem, isn't it? Because after that, you're then sort of like looking for one just for the sake of buying it, basically. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. But they do do like uh, some limited stuff as well, they do, I think. Um, but I say, obviously, the, the tremors. There's a few others here. Oh, we got here. We go. So um, yeah, it's. I think you can. It's the same with vinyl, isn't there? But you can only go so far with what you're after if you're on the yeah. But there's a few bits and pieces there. Um, in a matter of fact, there's more in the two for twenty-five that I'm interested in than there is in the uh, two for thirty. What on four K? Yeah, because uh, there's Jaws, um, Joker. The Shining, 300, Gladiator, yeah. Spartacus. Can't see the 2 for 25, though. It's on the drop-down on film and TV. Oh, yeah, 2 for 25, 4 Ultra. Yeah. Suicide Squad, the Daniel Craig Bonds. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot in there, but in terms of the other one, there's just not a lot for the 2 for 30. Mm. You know, Full Metal Jacket, if you like that. Yeah, I, I love that movie. I really do, actually. Um, I picked up Cliffhanger recently. So in, even in the 2.30, actually, that would work right because you've got Rambo, First Blood Part 2. Mm, which is and, the best one. And then Part 3 as well. I'm sure that was it in there as well. I go 2.30 because you'd want both. Um, actually, another good movie there, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah. I'm a big favourite of that one. Um, I've, got the, I've got the John Wick box set for 4K. Top Gun, yeah, and uh, what else we got there? There are actually 216 results there, so there's quite a few to go through. And uh, there's, a, there's a good movie there, Shallow. I recommend that without a doubt, which is about a woman gets stuck in a rock with a shark slinger. Doesn't sound like it's got much depth. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you that one, I'll give you that one. Uh, yeah, Red Heat. With Arnold Schwarzenegger and yeah, it's quite a few, but I think these days I get a bit picky. Yeah, yeah, it's just there's just um, I don't know that it's looking at it. I mean, there's quite a few in the Arrow sale that they've got at the moment that's sort of raising my interest, shall we say? But it's not even sale; it's just normal price. Yeah. Uh, if they were doing like a two for one, like they normally do, I'd be interested, but they're not. So well, they, I think sometimes they do that. Yeah, uh, but they do. They're bringing out more of their stuff in 4K now, which is really good. Yeah, from Arrow's point of view. Um, and there's some good uh, for uh, sorry, uh, HD Blu-rays as well on there two for thirteen. Yeah, because I think I think the thing is with upscaling nowadays, it gets a really good job of 4K because a lot of the 4K movies that you buy, mm. they might be outputting at 4K, but if they were originally shot in 2K, it's just a 2K version of the movie. Oh yeah, I mean depending on how they're there's remasters going on with them as well. Mm. How they clean. I, th- I think it's more about sometimes cleaning the print up. Yeah. It's like if you look at the, the Jaws blue, um, anniversary Blu-ray that came out, uh, which is astounding how much they clean that print up. 
And on the Blu-ray side, it looks amazing. Obviously, the 4K blows it out of the water, literally. No pun intended there, but, you know. I mean, uh, the, the thing with Jaws, and I know it's one of your favourite movies of all time, and I'm not dissing that, but for me... It's sort of like the threat stops as soon as you get out of the water. And so it doesn't feel suspenseful to me because I just don't go in the water and it's not yeah, a problem. But, yeah, but then if it's our suspense are in the water anyway. So And then you, the second half of the film is obviously is the um, the, the, the Moby, Moby Dick sort of style hunt for the, the, yeah. uh, the Great White. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's quite a few out there. I, don't, I think a lot of films I don't think is worth purchasing in 4K anyway. As much no. as I enjoyed Baywatch, I don't think the extended cut will make much difference. <laughs> I mean, for me, what I do now if I'm buying a 4K Blu-ray is I'll look to see how it's been shot. Because, like, for example, Guardians of the Galaxy, I've got in 4K Blu-ray, but all I've done is upscaled that. Well, my player can upscale it, so there's no point in having 4K. Mm. All right, it'll be a slightly cleaner 4K, you know, upscale, but... It's not going to add any any more detail. Yeah. But, but things so, like, ironically, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which I did, I, I thought there's not going to be a lot of difference in that. Mm. And then I bought the normal Blu-ray version of it. And then I saw a clip of it with the 4K, and there was a difference in that. But that was obviously a rendered movie. Mm. I mean, some of the modern classics you've got out there. So... One of the big ones for me at the time, Bridge and the River Kwai, mm. which is coming out in September. It'd be interesting to see the spec on how that was, because that is an amazing movie. Yeah. And you can get that quality, because it's all set in the jungle, isn't it? There's a lot of green in there yeah, and stuff like that, so it's going to be, be quite eye-popping. Um, another one, even though it's the opposite of green, is going to be very beige, is Lawrence of Arabia, movies like that. Man, you know. Classic movie. Mm. So, anyway, should we, should we um, move on? Yep. And we'll go to listen questions. John, what's happening to us? Okay, so did Mark give us a question this time? He did. Have you got it? Because I can't see it. Right, okay. So uh, well, it's probably because it hasn't synced with you uh, yet. But uh, basically what Mark's asking is, how long before Xbox Series X and PS5 reach full potential? Are they being held back by the previous gen? Standard question, I think, we ask at the beginning of every uh, every gen cycle, isn't it? It is, and they say it's not until the cycle then we get to full potential, is it? And then we start all over again, which seems to be a bit of a shame, really, because mm. you're not given that you're you're not giving that machine enough time then to to um, mature and and also then enjoy the games that can come out on that system and then when you're then going from the point that we've gone to the limit but we could actually stay on that limit but no we're now going to jump again and then that jump is another weight so it's a shame really because you you could probably then the the console lifespan could actually be a bit longer Mm. and and still enjoy some fantastic games And, and from the point of what we're in at the moment with this console you would have thought this could actually have a bit more of a lifespan than most i think it will because of covid because of what's happened Mm. But in general, though, you think give this machine a bit more of a longer lifespan because we're going to do so much for it and with it, and it's going to look so nice. Yeah, and, I think you could stick all, a gear on it. And then again, it depends on what you're 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 viewing it on as well. Yeah. Um, and then a come, I mean, 
they'll all progress to then 4K to 8K. And then, again, that will have to wait because of the price to come down. I mean, I'd be content, to be honest, would you be content with this machine now just carrying it as it is, um, but progressing the, the infrastructure for it to get the visuals and, and what we want out of it? Well, yeah, I mean, I would expect seven years out of it at least. Hmm. Um, quite, it's, it's quite the irony, isn't it? It's like looking at two and a half... Uh, console generation launches before i retire <laughs> um yeah frightening isn't it it is and that's at the start of this generation which i'm not even classifying in that as well it's mm. uh, i i think that this will probably last an extra year to the last gen i suppose it all the thing is all of it with these generation of consoles or with every generation of consoles it starts with the press because the press start all of the thing of oh next gen you know seen even if it hasn't been seen hmm. and they start driving and pushing the manufacturers to get the next and latest sort of stuff hmm. um, so a lot of it will also be dictated to by how well uh, Nvidia and AMD do in terms of the development of their graphics cards because console players will not want to get too far behind PC players. Yeah. Um, and eight years in graphics cards is a long time. And also eight years in buying graphics cards. Oh, how yeah. Much, how many times in eight years would you see a graphics card upgrade? upgrade? One a year? Well, you normally see the next gen every year, mm. uh, every 18 months at the latest. So, you know, you, you're talking about between, what, four and seven generations of graphics cards? Mm. Uh, somewhere like that. I mean, some you know, two years is probably the longest life of really about a, a graphics card being at the top end. I think that like the 1080s <laughs> seem to get that. I don't think that the 2080s got that long. Mm. I might be wrong, uh, but it's around about 18 months, two years. So yeah. you know that that's uh, quite a few generations. And when the, you know when I think I'd be looking at upgrading in between then as you know the graphics card on my PC as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. at some point there as well because you're always going to be chasing that on uh, on uh, your PC mm. and I still think that some of that testing out that Phil Spencer did is maybe about where the Xbox will go in the future about unplug a graphics card and put another one in mm. yeah I don't know about that it seems, I don't think that would be Microsoft's plan though to do something like that but who knows who knows what's in the background for the next because they're already designing you think you think they're being they're just sitting sweet, but they're not. They're always designing and moving forward, even though we're not seeing it in the background. Yeah. But we're trying to think about keeping one machine, and they're already thinking about replacing it with another. <laughs> yeah. Well, th- they'll be nearly down more of the hardware specs now mm. on the next gen console, and starting to think about the one after that. Yeah. You know, because they'll have to plan that far ahead. Mm. Um, when you think about how far consoles have come in like two or three generations yeah yeah to where they were you know from the uh say the ps2 era to how that went on to the ps3 ps4 and now this one mm. they're a long way from where they were but i think in terms of reaching full potential um and our games being held back i think it'll be a couple of years say three years i think the third fourth and fifth year is a sweet spot in terms of games where we see some of the best games in terms of a cycle. Mm. 
um that you know that's when you tend to get your strongest games um and then yes they are being held back because manufacturers are just wanting to produce something that'll go uh and line up basically with uh, what they're already producing Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's a, at the end of the day, it's a business, and they're out there to make money. So, much they think about the gamer side of things, from the business perspective, they've got to they've got to get their investors happy and have a timeline of how they progress. Yeah. So, should we do the next one? So, Richard Mortlock, <coughs> he's saying, what features would you like to see added to the Nintendo Switch Pro, if and when it comes out? It's an odd one, but would you like it to also have a secondary memory card slot so it would be easier with it cheaper to expand the storage space of the Switch? One for you here. Yeah, I think that that would be a good uh, a good thing. Or maybe uh, how about having um, an M2 slot so that you could install one of those drives mm-hmm. and then that would speed up the access and make it more comparable uh, to the modern more modern-gen consoles as well. Well, it's all about expanding memory, isn't it? And especially with phones now and, and handheld devices of all sorts. You know, it's all about that. Maybe not for people like Apple, because they are a bit of a, they're a bit closed-minded when it comes to that, <laughs> like yeah. in a way. But, yeah, you, you expect something like that to happen. Yeah, indeed. Okay, do you want to do Jason? Yeah, so Jason Toon's asking, with the recent news of Amazon purchasing MGM for $8.5 billion, do you think that this will have a positive or negative impact on the industry as a whole? We know, or we all know about uh, Disney political pandering to China, so are you worried that Amazon will follow suit, or will billions, the uh, billion, or will the billions Amazon have, have have at its disposal any means it can finally get some big budget remakes of MGM back catalogue that won't be hindered by appealing to the Chinese audience. Interesting. I don't think I think this is more about what Amazon can show on Prime more than anything else. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be more like how Disney, for example, are getting stuff made. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'm wrong there. I don't know. But I think this is I think this is more for how they can push their own channel, get more subscribers. Mm. But to be honest, I think a lot of people have Amazon these days and don't realise they've got Amazon Prime Video as a part of their package. Yeah, probably. And I don't, I don't expect them to go down the Disney route as well of trying to flog a dead horse, personally. Mm. You know, with the way that the Disney have been going on at the moment. I mean, they, some of the stuff's been pretty good, some of it maybe not so. But uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to harm the industry. It's going to put, pump more money into it. Definitely. And Netflix, for example, can, can that, that proves a point with them with what they're bringing out. You know, big directors bringing movies out on Netflix. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Mark? You can do Mark's. Yeah, so how many hours a week do you game and do you feel you get enough? I probably don't have as much time as I'd like to think I get. I know you, I mean, this is a different story for yourself, isn't it? Cause... Well, I suffer from insomnia, so I game, <laughs> basically, <laughs> yeah. um, because there's not much else that you can do in the, in the middle of the night. Um, you know, it's not like you'd want to go for a walk outside or something or other like that. So mm. I'll game quite often, uh, really late on a night. Uh, but I would say, how many hours do I get? Probably one or two a night on average. That would probably be the same for me, to be honest. Yeah. If I say from 10 to 12. Yeah. Depending how I'm feeling. And if I'm not in the gaming mood, I'd be watching a movie instead anyway. See, I'll, I'll be doing, you know, I might be doing gaming or i might be watching something or i might be doing a video um, or you know preparing courses or a podcast or whatever um you know it's like my 
line manager said, oh, I've got another text uh, message from you at 2.30 in the morning. <laughs> so sometimes, you know... I say, hate people like that. Do you know what these people that are on their emails and give us a break? <laughs> well, it's just sort of uh, sometimes... You know what it's like yourself. Sometimes you think of something that you want to do with work and think, oh, I'll forget that by in the morning. Mm. Well, I can just log on remotely and do it. And then, you know, it's done with sort of thing. Mm. Mm. and i'll do that sometimes and that i prefer doing that because then it's it allows me to clear it out my head mm. uh, do you get more time to game at the weekend though so if you say two hours a night what about yeah because obviously you might get a few hours in the afternoon yeah yeah a few hours you're not, in being, the dragged, afternoon, you're not being dragged out to the shops or anywhere like that yeah my wife's not one really that much for dragging us out to the shop she'll you know she'll go out she'll go and see yeah. her mum and take her out and stuff like that you just have to ask you to come in and help to drag it all in out of the car and put it away. That's a new thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. My One thing I've always uh, found out is uh, about my wife is we'll go and do the shopping for each other, you know, uh, together for the food and that. Mm-hmm. And then we'll bring it in. But my, I think my wife has an allergy to putting it away. <laughs> because she suddenly bursts out into, you know, a thing of disappearing. Mm. Um and she's oh I just need to go to the loo oh I'll just do this oh I'll, I'll just phone so and so and by the time she's finished all of that it's put away. <laughs> oh dear. And, and to to be fair to her you know she she does work hard she does do a lot but she does do it every time it's I've brought the food home mm. it's a noticeable pattern. <laughs> <laughs> she thinks I haven't noticed. She'll be yeah. good. now she knows that I have. Okay. Should do Scott. Yeah, okay, I just thought so. Scott says, what do you think of the rumours of the Switch Pro Pro true or false? Would you get one, Hayden? Um, Depends upon what else it can do. If it's playing the same games but in 4K, no. Yeah. If it's playing stuff that you can't get on the normal Switch, then maybe. Mm. Yeah, but I'm sure, I think if it comes out, I'm sure you'll still go for that, I think. I don't think it won't be a question to think about, to be honest. That pre-order light will go up. I think you'll yeah. be on it. Right, do you want to do Lee's then? All right, so Lee Doty is asking, has, uh, how has your gaming influenced your kids? Are they gamers too, or do they uh, see it as uh, something boring that Dad does? Go on, you far, answer that first. <laughs> far, far from it, to be honest. I mean, when I was living on my own with my, my children, I think at one point I had about three or four Xboxes in the house. Mm. So, I mean, my oldest would be in his room. He'd have a PC as well, and he'd be on playing World of Warcraft or whatever. And then the other two boys would be, they'd be there playing rock band or, or doing whatever they want to do. And my daughter's probably not as much. But even at this stage now, my boy, my eldest has got an Xbox, and um, next one down he has, because he sometimes has popped on Destiny with me. Yeah, occasionally. Um, but yeah, that's probably not so much. Um, maybe I think well, two of them, you know, two of them are sort of going to get married. But I think they still have the urge to game. Mm. But it, for them, it's, it's 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 difficult, I suppose. Their lives are changing, you know, getting married and all sorts. It, it, it's probably very different. Where for people that's much older, um, we take it from a different perspective. I think. Well, I know when I got married from 2003, there was sort of like a four-year gap where I just didn't game mm. at all. You know, it's like 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there, but um, I was not, you know, not a big gamer. I was more doing stuff on my PC. See, I think when I think when I picked up my first Xbox, when that came out, I think that, that I go, well, not really, because I was playing on the PlayStation before that. 
had the PlayStation 1, or say the PlayStation, then I got the PlayStation 2, but then I, I you know, I did get bored of the PlayStation 2 because the games that were out there weren't for me when I switched over to Xbox. Mm-hmm. So in all that generation times, now I'm thinking even before that, if I go back before PlayStation with uh, probably like a Sega Master System yeah, or an Amiga ST, I, I remember playing. But it's always been in my life, I think. I can't, I don't think, the, the time it probably wasn't for a while would have been when I got married, probably, you know, going back, so obviously the way gaming has progressed over the years. So I didn't really get into gaming in the 80s, mm. if you know what I mean. At that point in my life, I was not clubbing it, going out, getting drunk. Yeah. Girlfriends or whatever, um, going abroad on holidays. But it probably, I don't think, when, I can't even think that when I actually then that, that came up, it's very difficult to say. But I could probably say there's not been a lull. I think, I'd, I think when I was getting divorced, and when I was on my own with my children, I think that was my sort of comfort time, if anything, was to just, mm-hmm. when they go to bed, was to just, I did get a lot of Xbox gaming time. Um, but then again, I didn't when I'm looking after the kids. But then and then it would then switch when they go to the mothers for a weekend. I think I'd be solidly gaming for 20, 48 hours. Because <laughs> I'd be on my own. Yeah. You know? So, but it's all, so it's how life, how, how you tackle life with, with circumstance, I think. I think that there will always be people getting to that because it is a form of entertainment, which if you don't have someone there, you know, it's even you more so now, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. more, I mean, if you go to, if you look at media entertainment as a whole and where movies was always a top dog, gaming now sometimes goes over that. Mm. And with the big budget games that come out, they're being made and they're surpassing most movies as well. So there is a difference now from, from now from when we were, I'll go back to say the 80s. Yeah. I mean, I was going to, then I was going to, for media, it was music and vinyl, which is now again, funny enough. And I used to go to the cinema. I used to go to the cinema once a week easy mm. those days, back in the 80s. I mean, you think back to what we were watching, and which a lot of people are probably still sometimes now seeing for the first time. All those movies we were watching in the 80s, you know, it was constant flux of, of, of movies, whether it was going locally in Reading or going to London. Well, I mean, late 80s, right throughout the 90s to halfway through the noughties, for me, was cinema as one yeah. of the things I would do. Yeah. I mean, I did have football as well. So what I would do is sometimes I would have gone to a football match, <coughs> but stayed in London, then probably went on there and went, saw a film. I did a lot of stuff on my own at one point. Mm. I actually had mates in that. I would, I would go to London to see a premiere of a film. I'd go and see, like... Turn of the Jedi, for example, I go and see that in the square. Yeah. Just get on the train. Yeah, sort of thing I used to do on my time. I remember the first time I ever went to the cinema on my own, and I remember this uh, woman in the audience going, Oh, love, and, and she turned up, oh, sorry about that, Petty. You have a nice seat. You get yourself a nice seat. <laughs> <laughs> and it's sort of like, but... I've come on my own. Yeah, of course, you have, love. And if she would not have it, yeah. <laughs> was there no, on my own. Because then, I mean, God, if I go back to, well, I, I did. There was a good friend of mine we used to go quite a lot anyway. But even when he was busy, I would still go on my own. And I remember going up to London to see uh, Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Khan. Yeah. And movies like The Thing, ET. I would just go on my own. Pulver guys. But I loved those experiences up there. I'd go up there on my own, and I'd once I'd watch a movie, I'd go back to Duke Street. Um, there, was a, there was a record store there that did soundtracks. Mm-hmm. I'd go in there and probably pick up a few on my way home as well. Just things I did, but I still do now. They even more now. But. Yeah. It's a big turnaround and it's sort of, 
you're still back in that position, Paulina. Yeah. Going back to Lee's question, I mm. think I think what I do has had a big impact on my son. Do you think? Because <clears throat> I know what my dad. Quite funny, my dad. One of my boys said to me, "He said, when I tell my dad your game is score, now this is just from my point of view, not from yours, obviously." They were they, your dad actually plays Xbox and got a game score. They said that would so that'd be so cool. Your dad does that. <laughs> Because I'm assuming there are other dads that are just pipe and slipper boys, you know. Oh, the the amount of times that, you know, we've been in conversations and um, some some people have been like, oh, wow, it's so cool that you've got Gamerscore. You know, um, kids are, are more often, you know, like late teens sort mm. of thing. And, you know, you're in that conversation. And it's like, when it's a late teens, it, when it's a young kid, it's sort of like, oh, wow, you've got Gamerscore. And when it's a late teens, it's like, yeah, you have what you got two, three thousand. No, four hundred and fifteen thousand. It's sort of like the drop of the jaw. Yeah, it never gets old as that one. I can tell you that. Now. I'm sure. I'm sure. But I think from from a, from a son's perspective, they must. You know, they, they think their dad's pretty cool because he plays on the Xbox. Yeah, and, and my son thinks I'm pretty cool because I do the show and because I've got my own YouTube channel and stuff like that. Uh, you know, he thinks it's all really cool to the point of you know his chosen career other than being a multi-millionaire playboy youtuber <laughs> is, is he wants to do game design and mm. that's what you know what his focus is on and that's what his options are and, with, he, uh, and what would be great is if he can actually get into a uh, apprenticeship or something well t-side university do a very good game developing course you know it's mm. university is quite a well regarded yeah university if you get That'd be that'd be really cool if you can do something like that. I know a friend of my one of my my boys. He went to work for Lionhead for a while at the time. Yeah, you know. Uh, and my oldest boy, his his wife to be, um, she works with Microsoft. I keep nagging him mm. <laughs> about that. Yeah. So anyway, that that's what he wants to do. Mm. Or at least it's what he wants to do at the moment. But uh, you know, I can't really see that changing because. He's he's been around games since he was in nappies. You know, I've got a picture of him. That's the thing, isn't it? Because holding where, an Xbox Three Six. Where yeah, where we where we've been getting more into it over the years, and I suppose if you go back to if you go back to that point of the Three Sixty, even, mm. um, and I think some of my kids were still being born then. You know, they sort of they they've grown up with it yeah and um, whether or not they get the time now they, i mean my to be honest my one of my boys says i wish i had more time to do it i don't i have things to do at home this is missus as well girlfriend or whatever so yeah it's uh it's there's other things in life other than gaming unfortunately that we all have to tackle and do but uh yeah i think we're we're, we're not a boring dad anyway that's that's a good thing no <laughs> I, th- I think it's about basically um time management a lot of it so I manage my time quite rigidly in terms of what I do uh, because I have to in order to fit everything in. Yeah, yeah. You know. <clears throat> okay, this is the last question. Yeah, Lee's, so, uh, Justin's uh, rather rather. Justin's saying to us, is, do you think Bungie would ever go back to, to more single-player focus or will they stay on games as a service? Destiny shoot mechanics are the best out there, but I'm mainly a single-player gamer. I don't get the most out of the games. Story is fairly superficial and I'm not the main focus. I'd love to see Bungie do a story richer 20 30 hour shooter RPG, but unfortunately, I suspect that Destiny model is more profitable for me to change for them to change. What do you think? I think Destiny has changed the universe in gaming to a certain degree, I think. Or even I, just, 
even before that with Halo, because Halo had the, the multiplayer. Yeah, it did. Which was, I had so much fun with that over the years. I, I can't see Bungie doing a single player game ever. Well, they, they are doing other IPs in the background, aren't they? So that Yeah, might... but I bet they'll end up being multiplayer. But it's all about money making, isn't it? If you make a game that's a single, 30 player, single player story, it's done, it's dusted, you put it to bed. Yeah. The multiplayer, it, it, it evolves and <coughs> it's more of a, I don't think it's the right word to use, maybe it's a bit of a cash cow and it can keep bringing in financial revenue. I mean, even with like Skyrim's virtually unlimited self generated quests. There gets to be a point when you've done everything in that game yeah. because it's single player. Mm. Whereas if you're multiplayer, you've got, you know, you can keep going and going and going longer, I think, because it stops being about what the game is and what the story is and more about the interaction with other players. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd like to think, I'd like to see, I do like um, a 20, 30 hour story that's separate, not, not got any um, multiplayer in it. Mm. I mean, look at. I mean, I always, I always say, look at Mass Effect and Bioshock as prime examples. Yeah, but they do. Tr- <clears throat> they have tried with Bioshock to bring a multiplayer into it, and it didn't work. And unless you're Bungie or anyway, you 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 know how to do that. Well, just more than that. Look at God of War, Among Us, Just Cause, Tomb Raider games, Tomb Raider games, uh, Death Stranded. Yeah. You know, Red Dead Redemption, thinking about the story, not the uh, the multiplayer aspect of it. Yeah. You know, God of War, <clears> Final <throat> Fantasy. There's so many different variations on all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there's not much you can... You know, there's, it's, it's a modern way of selling the game and getting people to keep coming back and buying little bits of um, supposedly, you know, little bits of DLC, like... Uh, you know, a new outfit or a new ship or a new vehicle. Or horse armour, where it all started. Horse armour, yeah, God. <laughs> and ironically, nowadays, horse armour actually seems like quite a good thing in comparison to what some of the, you know, when you look, talk about buying shaders and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Hands up, I got the horse armour. <laughs> yeah, so did, so did I, but it came in the box for mine. <laughs> and I never used it, I lost the horse. <laughs> but these days you can whistle and they just come out of nowhere. So, yeah. Right, should we finish up with the poll then? Yeah, so I did a poll this week because we haven't done one for a while. And it was sort of inspired by the fact I was watching a lot of people, and I know, Steve, you fall in this camp, <laughs> of a lot of uh, people choosing the opposite sex to be their in game avatar on games. So, uh, mm. you know. Mr. Mark Tudor, you were the final straw that broke this camel's back of me asking this question, I'm going to say. Uh, So I asked um, in a couple of Facebook groups, I wrote in another one and on uh, Twitter, do you play on your first playthrough as a male or female character uh, when you play a video game, if you've got the option? Forgetting anything about being sexually non-binary or transsexual or pansexual or any other sexual, just your basic, are you male or do you choose a female when you have your character? And as you would suggest, the vast majority of people who responded were male uh, because most of our audience is, fortunately, but that's just the way it is. (coughs) So in our Facebook group, 
Um, 21 uh, people voted for male and 17 voted for female. In another Facebook group I went into, 95 uh, went male, 87 female. Mm. And on Twitter, 10 male and 3 female for respondees. I didn't see the Twitter one, so they make that four female then. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, obviously, most people still choose the sex that they are, or so it appears by the the poll. Um, Like I said, I have sort of like, you know, looked and um, there isn't that much statistically difference because of, you know, if we've had a female voting to say that there would be male or female as well um so you know basically you just you're talking about probably somewhere in the region of a 60 40 kind of split but a lot of people said that they would then complete the game go back and play through as the other character mm. and the most common reason that people put in comments of, on. um are you gonna say this nicely and politely i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna put this uh, put this politely <coughs> And um, I'm going to put it in uh, the words of uh, somebody, but sort of paraphrase it a little bit, Mm. is uh, the reason is, is if you're playing a 40-hour campaign, it's much better to look at the butt of a female than it is a male (laughs) for the reason of why you would choose female, which, to be honest, I There's no reason why you choose female, though. I'm not going to go into it. No, I know. There is evidently a tactical advantage on Halo, uh, evidently someone put down. I've never heard of that one before. Um, Better voice acting on Assassin's Creed, uh, Mm. Odyssey, uh, for Cassandra, uh, over Alexius, although having played both, I didn't think there was that much difference. Mm. And I quite like the character of Alexius anyway. it's more pleasing to look at, isn't it? Than... Yeah, it's 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 not normally spouseable, so it's it's nothing to do with, you know, masculinity or anything like that, uh, or you know, just being sexist. You know, mm. it was, and it, but it was just honest. It was an honest thing of for me, the the character that is displayed on screen for me is me in that game. So I would not choose female because I am not female. Yeah, if you see what I mean, as my primary playthrough if I was only playing through it once that is the way that my mind sort of works but obviously other people's minds work differently and I just thought it was really interesting to see what that split is and you know it's close to just a little bit more in favour of sticking with your own sex more than um, choose the opposite and obviously some games they are predominantly made to be one anyway so if you're playing a Tomb Raider game it's going to be a female character if you can play the Uncharted you're playing a male character yeah, so well, in in four of the five of them. Yeah, obviously different to the um, the other the last yeah. one they did. But yeah, when you get the choices as an RPG, you know. But then again, some of those it's not just about being a female character. There's also a, a little side side to that where you're going to be something else. It could be furry and cuddly or whatever it's going to be. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's obviously in these sort of games where you do choose your character, it's not just a binary choice of male or female. We know in Mass Effect, for example, you can play, play it as gay, you can play it as pansexual, you can play it in various different sort of ways. Mm. Um, so, but at, at its basic, it was like, do you choose a male or female character? 
And I'm sorry if anybody's offended by just giving the option to male or female, but I'm not aware of any other game that gives an option of any sort of third designation of character. Mm. I think we'll leave it there, shall we? <laughs> yes. But, uh, you know, how you play it after that obviously opens up with a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, like, and Mass Effect was probably the one that actually steered the way from Mass Effect 2, wasn't it? Because mm. that was where they had the big thing of, oh, you could have, oh, you could on Mass Effect 1, couldn't you? You could have a a lesbian relationship if you chose Fenchep with uh, Liara, is it? Yes, you can, yeah, you can do, yeah. Yeah, but I, I just thought it was an interesting uh, subject. Unfortunately, most people were quite polite about it as a, just a, a basic <laughs> question because that could have uh, been a troublesome one. Yeah, um, well, yeah, we don't go down that route. I don't no, no, we don't. And it wasn't meant in that sort of route anyway. No, of course not. Just no. a, literally, a, which not, do you yeah. prefer? To yeah. choose, you know, and and what are your motivations? And you know, mm. most people, I think, were like I normally feel that it's me in there, so it's male. Whereas, like for yourself, you choose different reasons, which is fine. Mm. That's the whole point of giving different reasons. It's all about uh, it's, different it's, That's why it's called a role-playing game. Yeah, exactly. And what role you'd like to play? So yeah, yeah, maybe just have a fresh perspective on life than uh, just being a male all the time. Mm. Nothing the matter with that. Okay, so I think we'll wrap up here. Uh, yep. Nice that we've got the afternoon free now. Whoop, whoop. Well, <laughs> you have. I've got to edit the show. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't take long, though, does it? As usually, though. It doesn't. It doesn't no, I've, I've got it down to a fine art. Now. Cool. Okay, so just to tidy up bits and pieces, so you can follow me at Twitter at Steve07. My PSN ID is the real Steve07. Xbox is the same, um, Steve07. My YouTube channel is the same again, that's Steve07. And my Instagram is Steve0764. So for me, it's H-E-R-J UK on everything. That's PSN, Xbox Live, Steam, uh, the whole lot, apart from Epic, which it's Pop Culture Gamer. Um, if you want to follow the show, you can follow us on uh, Twitter at Pop Culture Gamer. There's our Facebook group. We also have a Facebook page. Please visit and join both. Uh, if you want to email the podcast, you can do so at podcast at popculturegamers.co.uk. Don't forget as well, we have our web, uh, website with all the shows, uh, anchor.fm forward slash popculturegamers. And we also have a YouTube channel where we try and sync this week's gameplay uh, with uh, videos of us playing and also what we've been watching uh, on there as well. Don't forget to like and subscribe there. That's that. So that's another one done. Indeed so it is. All it leaves us to say, it's a good night from me. And it's a good night from him. Good night. Good night. Good night.